What's up, everybody? I am Travesty. And I am not Cartoon Joe. I'm actually Nubby, the Amazing Turtle. Right, right. Uh, Nubby, I appreciate you uh, doing the show with me uh, this weekend. Uh, guys, Cartoon Joe won't uh, be on this episode. Uh, he had a busy, busy week that kind of flowed into the weekend and everything. But uh, since we didn't get a chance to record last weekend because of uh, another busy weekend, I figured I'd try to get something out here. And luckily, I do got a, another podcast where I have some co-hosts that are willing to help me out in a pinch. And that's why uh, we get Nubby here today. I mean, we are part of FreakNet Studios. So. That's true. That is 100% true, Nubby. And uh, for those of you who don't know uh, who Nubby is, um, he was on uh, our last episode uh, when we recorded a couple weeks ago, uh, Nubby or The Amazing Turtle or Mike Brennan or, uh, God, Primetime Pimp. <laughs> whatever, whatever you know him as, uh, or if you know him in but, real life, Mike, Butler Jones, Butler, Butler Jones, Jones I don't know. God, um, Nubby uh, used to uh, train Italy Pro with me. Uh, I know I've mentioned it a few times, and everyone knows my past about you know as far as wrestling and stuff. And some, and I know you've been brought up uh, uh, a bunch of times. Uh, when I do talk about wrestling, I talk about Lee Pro and everything. And when you sit there and think about like how that was 14, 15 years ago, it seems yeah. nuts to think about. Um, yeah. but it, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool idea that, uh, God, I don't know how to make this sound not weird, <laughs> but, uh, we found each other again. Uh, in a sense, because after Elite Pro, we really didn't, uh, stay in communication. We really didn't, uh, keep in touch with each other up until maybe like a year and a half ago or something like that. It was, it was it, I know it was before I had you on as a guest and I know you were on as a guest, I think a few months before you became an actual mainstay on JFW. Yeah, it was um, 2019 actually at a cool. show. We just cool. happened. Did we? we have, yeah. It, we were at a show together. Wow, jeez, I don't fucking remember that. D- DWA. 2019 DWA. Okay. Their first show outside that bar. Okay. God, I can't believe that was 2019. For some reason, I only think it was like a couple years ago. But yeah, it had to have been. That 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 whole beginning of 2020 up until maybe the beginning of 2020. So those two years, 2020, 2021, really just kind of screws up... Uh, First of all, we all know my memory's garbage. Yeah. But those two years really uh, messed up my frame of time and shit. But I believe you when you say 2019, which is still a decade of not talking and not getting in touch oh, with yeah. each other and shit like that. And, you know, it's, it's just life. Uh, that's, I mean, um, you know, who who really, you know, stays in touch with, like, you know, a, a large handful of people over a course of many years. You know, you always get a couple, like, you know, one or two and shit like that. I mean, I still got friends, you know, I, I which I feel blessed about. That I still got friends that, you know, I've known for 20-something years. And I don't know a lot of people who have that anymore. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, you meet Not people. Many. No. I mean, I, like, my, my grandma talks about how, like, She's still friends with someone she went to high school with, which is, you know, fantastic. And, 
you know, my mom's friends, you know, like she's reconnected with people from high school. Um, but I just, yeah, you just never hear people saying like, oh yeah, I've known this person for, you know, my whole life, you know, since we were kids growing up and everything. And it seems, it seems like it has a lot to do with the fact that I think people just really focus more on wanting to get out of where they grew up. And especially when it comes to small towns, because I hear that shit all the time. It's like, oh, I can't wait till I get out of Piatone. I can't wait till I, you know, move out of this town, And which I, you know, that's fine if that's their belief. But I, I always had a big uh, belief in, like, you know, you got to be proud of where you came from, because that's who, that's who you are, and that's what made you who you are today. Uh, you, you live in the suburbs of Chicago, I guess. Yep. Yes, yeah, it's, it's technically a suburb of Chicago. And you grew up there? Yeah. So okay. I pretty much grew up between like living in two different towns. Yeah. But I went to school in another for I think yeah, for grade school to junior high. I was in another town for that because of the district thing, but mm-hmm. I was mostly between Oaklawn and, and where I'm at in hometown yeah. and I went to school in Elsit. So great. High sc- high school you went to Elsit? No, in for high school though I went to Richards, which is in Oaklawn. What was the uh, what was your graduating class there? Do you remember? Two thousand four. How many people were in your graduating class? Not the year you, oh, not, oh, not the year oh, you graduated. My, my man, my man. Still early, bro. Still early. <laughs> no, I, oh, know, no. I, I think dude, I would. I don't even know. I think I would. Okay, so I don't even know. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess it was probably like five hundred plus. And I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. See, for for me, like growing up, I'd have to double check, but I I think I only had a little over 120 people in my graduating class. So it's like one of those things where like I could I could because I I'm assuming, which is dumb to assume because it should be fact, but you do have a yearbook. I do. Yeah. So like with me, like I could thumb through my high school yearbook right now, and I could see pictures of my graduating class. And I can remember every single person without a problem. And probably even remember <clears throat> some kind of communication with each and every person, whether it be good or bad, some communication. Mm-hmm. I mean, where you grew up, you know, where you went to school and everything, I'm assuming that's not really a thing with, you know, that amount of people. Like, right. some, like you know, like if I <clears> – <throat> because actually – um you know, slightly on the depressive side. I just found out earlier this week that somebody from my graduation class died in a motorcycle accident um, a Sunday night, Monday morning, something like that. And uh, I, I got a text from one of my friends um, who I went to school with, who I'm still friends with today. And she texted me a message. She's like, hey, so-and-so passed away, uh, you know, last night. And I was like, I mean, I, obviously I haven't heard the name since high school. Um, but I still remember the guy. And it was weird because we were seeing her talking about the fact that that's probably the third person that we know of that has passed away from our graduating class. And everyone who's passed away so far, I I remember um, we weren't friends. We weren't really close and stuff, but we obviously knew each other and stuff like that. But, like, when I sit there and I think about, a, a, like, school you went to or even, like, a Lincoln Way in Frankfurt, New Lenox, you know, stuff like that, I mean, like, you're talking about like you know graduating classes like seven eight hundred people, mm-hmm. and there's like there's just really no personal you know uh, relationship with that amount of people. I mean my my cousin uh, Shelby, 
uh, Essence sister. Um, I mean, she was somebody like, you know, the, like her graduating class, uh, this was obviously years ago when we were talking about it, but like her graduating class, like there were people at the graduation that she probably never have seen before. Because the way the classes, everything are set up, like you never really see people. You know, my class, you're, you're guaranteed to at least end up in one class with somebody. You know, and it, it just blows my mind to think that like, you know, like there's a possibility that you could have spent, what, nine years of schooling with somebody you may have never met before. Um, but one, one of the things that I really kind of want to talk about, uh, on this show, because we really don't plan anything out, that you just, whatever pops in my head, we talk about, is I want to talk about kind of like friendships and stuff like that. And obviously being uh, in the wrestling business stuff, I want to talk about relationships and friendships in wrestling. And I want to dive into that, uh, in a little bit here. <clears throat> but before I do, I want to remind all you guys that this episode of this freaking show is brought to you by CarterComics.com. It's your one-stop shop for all your comic needs, whether it be graded or raw. Carter Comics has got them all. All you got to do is go to CarterComics.com and check out their store. Look through all their amazing comics, throw them in the cart, and then at checkout, use the discount code FREAKNET, that's F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T. You'll save 10% in your entire purchase. Not only at their store does the discount code FreakNet work, but also at their four eBay accounts that they run. Links to all those can be found on the homepage cardcomics.com. And you can bid or buy outright of those uh those uh, eBay accounts and the discount code FreakNet will save you ten percent on those purchases as well. Basically, go there, spend a hundred dollars, use the discount code, you end up only spending ninety bucks. So it's a pretty cool opportunity to uh build a collection of comics or continue to build a comic, uh, comic book collection or maybe even finish one. You can find them all at cartercomics.com which you want to stop shop for all your comic needs. Really yeah. Yeah. See, that's why doing a sponsor on two different episodes is difficult. <laughs> because the <laughs> entire time I'm staring at you, I keep saying, it's not JFW. It's not JFW. It's not JFW. <laughs> but... No, tell me about tell me about um <clears throat> tell me about friendships with you, man. Um let's start with the uh start with the big part of it. Uh you still got friends you went to high school with? Oh yeah. Uh yeah. actually even grade school I'm still friends with uh people. Actually, um uh at JFW we have this feud with another podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, uh Fourth Mother Box and Tom Actually, and Kyle, too, but mostly Tom. I've known Tom since we were in third grade. He actually lived on a block for me for a good couple of years, too. So, yeah, that's, that's one deep. friendship I've kept in my entire life. That's the red-headed one? Yeah. Okay. See, I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning who these people are. Um, talk to me about the, uh, talk to me about the, uh, about friendships in wrestling. Um, I know it, you obviously been in the business a lot longer than I have, and you've been more well-traveled than I have in the wrestling business. So the opportunity you had to meet people is greater than, you know, me. Uh, I think uh, I consider a lot of people in SCW friends of mine because that's the place that I go to the most, that I work with the absolute most. Uh, IPW, probably a little bit more, uh, working with like Rion. I think, I guess I consider Rion a friend. I don't want to speak out of turn on stuff like that. Steve, uh, C Red, obviously the Power Hour people. 
uh, LIM people. Uh, Rocket Pro, not so much, I'll be honest with you. I just, I don't really talk to anyone from there. Uh, Bro Bros, uh, I actually had a long conversation with, uh, with the, uh, the bigger one. That's a better way. I don't know a better way to put it because I can't remember his name. But I think he's, I think he's the Tad one. Or Thad. Brad or Tad, one of them. I think yeah. he's Brad. It looks like a Brad. Okay, see, I, I, cause in my mind, it's Brad and I would want to say Chad. But I know it's not Chad. It's a weird name, like a Tad or a Thad or well, some goofy shit. One the of them is Tad. Tad? Okay, I, so I just don't remember which one is who. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's where my friendship is with him, is I don't know his gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I have been lucky enough so far, knock on wood, to not get into a situation where a friendship with somebody in this business becomes a problem or a friendship where you think of the friendship really just really isn't. Um, but I want to talk about that for a little bit. And I don't want names because I don't need to, I don't need to hear about who people really are and stuff like that. But has there been experiences in this business with you where you thought somebody was a friend and it turned out that just wasn't the case? Oh yeah, yeah. It's happened, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Well, there was, yeah. I want, I want to hear about something. Sure, sure. I don't like I said. I don't want any names. You don't got to give up uh, company names. Uh, the wrestler, whoever that. But I do want to hear some stories and some instances on. Because I don't think really, other than people who watch like maybe like the dark side of the ring and shit like that. So they like they don't get like they get like the stuff that you can see on TV, the stuff that you see like. But when it comes to like this level. Which is like, I mean, and I guess they're like the stuff we do, like more indie indie, you know, not like the, you know, the the new Jack era of ECW and uh, you know, you know, Ring of Honor, Impact, stuff like that. Um, but like the Midwest, like it, it, there, I know there's issues in this business, and I hear about it. I just never actually had to physically see it, and I never had to gone through it yet, and I pray to God I never do. But. Share, share with me, share with me a story or two about the worst experiences. If you want to, you don't have to. I don't want you. You don't have to air your dirty laundry, but I, I just I, I want to hear about this business more from that side of it. All right. So I I think I've talked about this a little bit on just freaking wrestling, but never mm-hmm. really in depth. So I joined a company back in 2017. Yeah. And the owner at the time, he um, wasn't easy to get along with. And you've heard horror stories. Like, even prior to that, I've worked with him at other companies, but he was never the my boss, if you will. So yeah. we never really talked then. It often on me did. I actually talked to his tag partner more, but I've known him the longest, like, almost personally, but not completely. Mm-hmm. But, um, so he... He started up a company with the other guy, and I joined, I think, two shows in, because I was actually contacted by his tag partner, or yeah. his partner in the company, and he they wanted me to rep, so I repped that, and then I told him about, you know, my turtle gimmick, and that's when I started doing the Battle Royals there. So as we started to get to know each other, me and the, uh, the other owner, the guy I'm hard to get along with, 
Um, we started developing a friendship, but it was still, I, I wasn't ready to, you know, take my guard down, whatever, or leave my guard up, whatever the phrase is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the more I was around him, um, we I started to see a different side of him. Maybe he was just misunderstood all, after all these years. And there's parts of me that still thinks that he kind of is. Like, he's had moments of being a good person. Yeah. So, I, I just, you know, I started trusting him more, and then he started training me when he started the school. And then we just, we got closer and closer, and, you know, that's, you know, I, I became a number one guy in his mind, I guess, and I was starting to help him more with the ring rentals and shit. But the friendship started to change when his real life, relationships with other wrestlers changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, his his personal relationship with the girls changed. You know, we all, yeah. I'm sure you heard about that. Um, and then once that changed, more and more things changed throughout the company. Now, I talked to him when this, when this personal relationship was happening. I'm like, please don't let it spill into the company. That's all I asked. Because, yeah. you know, we are on a fucking roll right now. But things started getting bad each month. Now, I call it, now I'll just say the city because people get it. I call it the posing curse. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so every month things started happening, and then you just start seeing this other side of him that just, people didn't like and you start realizing that people were right about him but you still wanted to stick with them right you yeah. still want to because he was he helped me a lot and i will always be grateful for that no no doubt but i still was seeing like he how wrong he was but i was afraid to tell him like how wrong he was and then you know you, know, you said you was, said you're afraid to tell him yeah because i he was still intimidating to me. So, was okay. So, you were afraid to tell him because of the effect it would have on your like your spot in the card, or you thought that he would just tear the shit out of you. A little bit of both. Okay, because he was somebody that didn't like being wrong. Well, see, and that, and that, so the the whole idea of being worried about your spot on the card, that part, I mean, both both parts, I believe, one hundred percent, just because. In this business, you get a lot of people who take a lot of shit personally, and they'll either take it out on you or they'll take it out on your career. Because one thing I've I've learned in this business, um, <clears throat> is that like rumors get around, and it can. I mean, obviously, it'll affect somebody's booking in this area, mm-hmm. and it, it could be just that. It could just be a rumor. You know, it could be one guy says something about somebody else that gets to another locker room and without them learning or knowing the facts or what really happened, gets to another locker room. Because you guys, as wrestlers, you're not, you know, it's not WWE where it's one company every single time. You know, you wrestle, I want to say five companies right now, four, four companies. I lost count. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, rough for two, and I think Russell for three or four. Yeah, yes. Point. Yeah, so, and every time you go into, 
SCW or crash tested IPW, uh, RPW, uh, CSW. When you walk into that locker room, yeah, you'll see some familiar faces, but there's always seems to be somebody new every single month. There's always somebody who's, you know, you, you can sit there at SCW and there's a guy there. And when you go to CSW, yeah, that still guy could still be there, but also now you got somebody from Dreamway. And then you get to Rocket Pro Wrestling when I got somebody from JWA up in Wisconsin, you know, or you go to IPW and you can see somebody from Frontline. And, you know, it's like once somebody starts, you know, has somebody on their mind, a topic on their mind of like some guy did something shitty, allegedly. Like just like I said, like unless you're there, you really don't know. And obviously stories get exaggerated. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's what pro wrestling is. It's an exaggeration of everything that could happen in life. Just like, you know, just like wrestling. There's supposed to be fights between two people. But they're exaggerated, you know. You know, yeah. you know but that's what makes wrestling great. It's, it's, it's a theatrical way of expressing yourself through battles and fights and gladiator shit, you know, stuff like that. Um, but there's no different than being in the locker room when someone says, oh, hey, we think about bringing so-and-so in. You know, and then you get some guy in the corner like, dude, you don't want to work with that guy. You know, he did yeah. this, he did that, he did, you know, like, you know, he, you know, he, you know, he did this shit, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden he's fucking, you know, that story gets brought to that guy. And now that guy goes to another locker room. And like, dude, you know what so-and-so told me about this guy? Like, this guy did this and this. And it's like, oh, shit. Now nobody wants to work with him. Nobody wants to fucking book him. But they don't know the true story. And I'm not saying every that's every time. I mean, some of these true stories are real. Some of these stories are true. But you really don't know until you get it. I mean, there's been times where I talked to, like, people, and I was like, oh, hey, have you ever heard about, you know, this guy? I think he'd be a really cool guy to go see Russell. I was like, dude, fuck that guy. Like, all he does is he... He, he, he always wants to go over. He never wanted to help anyone out. He fucked this dude's girlfriend, shit like that. He took fucking money without even fucking, you know, wrestling the match and, you know, goofy shit like that. You know, but you know, it's the same way with bookers. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, the stuff that's said about him is true and stuff that's said about him is not, you know, and so from your aspect, I can see why you wouldn't want to tell him, you know, because, the moment you you know you say something to him, you know he go around like, dude, fucking all nobody wants to do is get involved in other people's shit. You know he wants to tell me how to run my business. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Now they think that you're a know it all. You know, so I guess I can see it from that point. Um, but also at the same time, I don't think. I mean, if if, <laughs> if dude want to kick your ass over you being honest, and you know, fuck that dude. It's uh, just crazy because at that time I knew everything that was going on about him. Yeah. Like, that's how close we were. Mm-hmm. And, like, you just, like, I didn't know what to believe on some things he said, but a lot of things I did witness, and you actually hit it on the head about, you know, rumors going in locker rooms. So I was actually in another locker room where his life story that was going on at the time was yeah. spilled into it, and it's like, dude, it's not even accurate. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I, I ended up walking out the locker room. I'm like, I can't hear it. I just don't want to deal with it. Dude, and, and, and it's one thing, and I believe, I, I know I've mentioned on JFW, and I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it here before, being in the wrestling business is no different than being in fucking high school. Uh-huh. Everyone, everyone is involved in everybody's shit, and you're hearing stories that were told four times over by three different fucking people. And it's like, half the time, it's like, 
first off, yes. You know, to anyone who does listen to JFW and this, I know I mentioned it, but yes, I don't go into the locker rooms, you know, at these wrestling shows. I just, I just don't. And one reason is I'm just not invited. I, even if I'm working the show, I'm just not invited, which I feel like if I do go back to, I should be invited regardless. But at the same time, I'm okay not being back there because I don't want to hear about this shit. You know, I don't want to hear somebody whine because they're not going over this week and everything because they're a fucking star and they've been on, you know, some some top, you know, rated, you know, wrestling business. Like, oh, dude, you know, wait, wait, I'm, you know, I'm losing. Why do I want to lose? You know, no, you don't want me to lose. I'm the guy. It's like you're nobody. It's like I'm sorry, but I don't want to be a dick. But you don't fucking walk into somebody else's business. Here's the thing: if you're taking a booking, you're getting paid by somebody. You're gonna do what that guy fucking says. It's what the job is, you know, it's, and that's another weird thing, too, when it comes to wrestling, is you guys don't have one boss. I mean, you do when you're at one show. But when you, like, for you, Nubby, perfect example, when you work at SCW, fucking, you know, it's not the same boss as when you work at IPW or CTW or RPW. That's what uh, That's what being a contractor is. You know, your boss changes based on the shows you go to. But when you get certain guys, and if those who are listeners know who I'm talking about, well, it's pretty fucking obvious. But you don't walk in and tell the boss, like, it's like, I can no, my fans come to watch me win. They don't come to watch me fucking lose. Like, no, I'm sorry. Your fans come to watch you fucking wrestle. They would love for you to fucking win. But if they don't, wouldn't that piss them off to the point that maybe they want to come back next month and see you possibly take, you know, take the win? Mm-hmm. That's 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 the biggest part of the fucking pettiness that I hate when somebody walks in and tells the you know tells the uh, the the boss or the booker or whatever you want to call him is like it's like yeah I'm not losing tonight and if you want me to lose I'm not going out there it's like dude you're gonna get paid just do the job I just never have said that shit uh, people think they're entitled yeah they I mean I'm not wrong I'm shit. not wrong right. No, you're 100% correct. Yeah, it's like, like... You don't go into a locker room and tell the owner, well, my uh, girlfriend's here, and I don't want to lose in front of her. It's like, dude, this is wrestling. It, there's actually a point to losing and winning. Yeah. I mean, part of the show, I, I don't get these people. Like, yeah, I would like to win all the time. Like, for example, I am a champion, right? Oh, eventually, yeah, I'm gonna lose. I, eventually, I can lose that belt any time. Yeah. You think what, I'm gonna what, sit what, here and cry about at, it? Yeah. What are you at? One thirty-three right now? Or one uh, one forty? Was it one forty? It was one thirty-five on Monday. So. All right. So you're one forty right now. Look at you. Look at you go. It's like I can lose any time. You think I'm gonna cry and be like, "No, I want to keep it for." So and so days. I want to beat Roman Reigns' record, <laughs> right, dude? This is pro wrestling, and yeah. I'm excited for what's coming up in mm-hmm. this season at Rocket Pro. So I'm not gonna sit here and bitch about it. I'm gonna yeah. embrace what's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to hold that belt forever, but I know it ain't gonna happen. No, but I mean the whole. I mean, for me, like, I mean, if I if I if I ever got into wrestling. And next year could still be a possibility. Who knows? But, like, I would, I, would, I mean, uh, me, just like anyone else, would love to be a pro wrestler and win a championship. But I don't want to always hold the championship because I think the chase is half the fun of fucking 
being in the business. It's mm-hmm. getting to that point. Because as soon as you achieve it, now you got to keep it. And that's all fun. That's all fun too. But then you kind of lose the, you know, the, the essence of winning the title. You know, there's a, and I've never been a champion. You would know better than me. Like, do you find it more fun to win the title or to retain the title? Because I know there's a different feel. There's got to be a different feeling in that. There is definitely a different feeling, and retaining it is maybe a little bit more exciting. But at the same time, you feel that pressure. And it's not just going out there to win the title. It's more like the outside the box, if you will, when it comes to, like, when, it, when it's the fans and everybody. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to lose interest in you. Yeah. So you want to keep their interest while you're a champion. Winning is half the battle. Mm-hmm. The other part is keeping their interest and doing stuff that keeps their eyes on you. Yeah. But people don't get it. But that's fine. I w- I'm waiting for a moment. It hasn't happened yet, but I think the one moment that would make me laugh the most if I ever witnessed it would be if a guy who's only coming in for, like, a three-show run, it's like, you know, like we go up to the book and say, listen, you know, let me lose today, and I'll lose next month. But then that third month, you know, let me win the title. Let me become the champ. Just for the book, I'm like, yeah, but you're leaving in three months, and you're not going to be back for a while. I was like, yeah, but I can be champ, and then when I do come back, that's how much more it's like I would I wanna I want that moment to happen because I, I'm sure those moments have fucking happened. Like some dude is like maybe doing a one off and like going away for like a while to like California, Texas, Florida, whatever it is, wind you know, wanting to win the title. But he's told he's losing, like, why would I lose? You know, let me win, let me be champion. And then just go away for a fucking year. And the belt doesn't get defended? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Idiot. Right? But there's people out there that I know would do that shit. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, that, believe that's it. that's what and that's what's nutty about this fucking business. It's just like people. There, there's a there's a there's a group of people. There, there's two two types of groups. There's two groups in this business I believe, where there's one group who wants to help out others as well as themselves, and then the other group only wants to focus on them. And I think the, the group that only focuses on them, I think they're the cancer in this fucking business. Because you do want to do well for yourself. We want to do well for everybody. Because you want to keep wrestling, you know, fun and exciting and entertaining for everybody. And especially, like, if you could sit there, and again, I'll be like, you as a perfect example. You walk into Rock and Pool Wrestling, and you get that huge-ass fucking pop. That makes everyone question, why the hell is that happening? And you carry that on to other companies that you work at, like SCW. Hey, guys, let's put Nubby in the ring. Yeah, but why? He's the referee. It's like, because he fucking wrestles. He's like, yeah, but I don't know if anyone knows that. It's like, you won't know until you try it. And you come out the fucking SCW to that ring, and you still get a reaction. Even though your first match at SCW for high voltage... For me, at least, because I, I guess you did say you did wrestle a match at SCW before. I didn't see it. Uh, but the first match I saw you wrestle was the first match of the High Voltage uh, show before the show. And you were the first match why people were still coming in. And it was still a loud pop, and it was only half the fucking crowd. Because mm-hmm. p- 
people got excited to see you because you made a name for yourself and you made yourself known because you showed that you could have good matches and still make yourself look good. You don't have to be like everyone else is like, well, let me get, let me, you know, let me get over here, here, here. I'll give you a little bit of shine, but then I'll, you know, tear you apart and then I'll go for the win. So it's like 90% of the match is just one fucking dude destroying the other guy because he needs to make himself look good. It's like, well, that's all well and good, but what does that do for the other guy? Right. Or if you don't, you don't want to. Yeah. Or if you lose, you don't want to lose cleanly. It's like, it's like wrestling is about back and forth. Like everybody should be able to beat everybody. You know, like that's why, like, and I don't want to speak negative of anybody, you know, rest in peace, you know, Wyndham Rotunda. I just never liked the Fiend gimmick. Just because he he just seemed way too fucking powerful. Same thing I didn't like about when Brock Lesnar first came back. Way too I I, I hate gimmicks that are way too fucking powerful. Undertaker in the early 90s, did not fucking like it. Kane when he first came out. You know, everyone should be beatable. Because it leaves you the excitement of who's going to fucking win. Like when they had matches with like Crash Holly versus The Undertaker. It's like, I don't want to see that because I know what's going to happen. Or Maven versus uh, Triple H. You know, shit like that. It's like, you know what's going to happen. You know? But, you know, when you put people up against each other, that's what makes it great. Like, your sh- uh, your match coming to Rocket Pro against, uh, was it Bucky and who else? Uh, Ryan Matthews. Yeah. <clears throat> All of you guys appear to be beatable to the other person. And that's what makes it great about it. I mean, now if they stuck you in the ring with, I don't know, fucking Pac-Man and uh, Timmy Too Sweet, I don't want to see that. Because you'll just destroy the fuck out of them. Although, I think that would be entertaining. <laughs> I think it would. I think it would. But I, but we just can't. We can't hit Pac-Man in the face. You can't, you can't hit him in the back of the head. He'll go blind. No. Yeah, you'll Helen Keller him in a fucking heartbeat. But I mean, it, it's just yeah, it's just one of the things. Like, and I, I I haven't watched a lot of uh, CSW, but I think there's one guy that seems to kind of fall in line with that. But I could be wrong. The uh, that big dude there, the one that wrestled like some woman a few months back. Shit. Um, who the hell? He was like that big ass. He was that big ass dude that was in like that. Wheel match stipulation thing. Oh, um, Doom Montgomery. I don't know, man. No, that doesn't sound he's right. The, he, well, he, well, he's the wheel guy. No, no, no. The match had the he was the guy was in the match that that wheel was spun for. Who's the big fucking dude in the mask? Oh shit! I'm drawing a blank. Oh, how's was Um. I know he wrestled some woman that used to be like his handler or some shit a few months back. Oh, Cypher. Cypher. Yeah, there we go. Heather Reckless was the... Yeah. Is he kind of like that or am I just assuming? Yeah, an unbeatable... unbeatable? Yeah. Well, it depends on how his gimmick goes because he can either be like a cane or Mm -hmm. an abyss. Two different things. Abyss is kind of a goofy type character at times where Kane is more powerful and unbeatable. So Cypher can be do can be both. And he has been both. Yeah. 
I mean, it comes out, I think it comes out the BC Boys or something. So that's to tell you what kind of gimmick yeah, he has. Love, love that dude, though. Love that. Oh, man. Is there a company that is still active today that you have worked with that you wouldn't ever work with again? Or have you kind of found, like, a good uh, relationship with every place you've been to? Uh, for the most part, I've developed a good relationship with, uh, with, with the companies. Uh, there is one company, but I didn't really have heat, too much heat. It was more, I went up there for one show, and I thought the pay was shit. Mm. And how it does, was like, I how just, does that work? You know, run me through that. Yeah, actually, run our fans through that. Run me through the process from from getting, like, receiving a message about being booked to the end of the show. Run me through that process on how exactly it works. It can work in different ways, but how this happened is actually someone came up to me personally, asked if I was available for a show to work, you know, work for this guy. Yeah. And um, and I'm just like, yeah, let me get, I can get back to him. Mm-hmm. He told me the name, and I knew the guy. I knew, I knew yeah, the promoter, yeah. so I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll let him know if I'm available or not. And I was obviously because I went to work for him. I messaged him, told him I'm available. But there was no discussion about pay then. Normally there is with a new company. But whatever. So I went up there. I'm like, whatever. It's an opportunity. I guess. different. It, it, it's different. Yeah. I've been yeah. in that state before, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And then I had fun. It was fine. But then at the end of the show, you get your pay, and it's like, fuck. Wow. So you so you didn't know what you're getting paid until you got paid, right? Okay. Do you, do you feel that was a mistake on your part for not bringing it up, or is that on their side for not asking? I think it's both. Because normally companies do ask, but sometimes yeah. they think in their mind that at the time I I was a referee for the show, and some companies think that referees should get paid this much compared to wrestlers, which is, I think, uh-huh. is bullshit, but that's just me. And yeah. it's more of the drive that I have the problem with. Because I'm going close to two hours out of my way, and and I get this. It's kind of shitty, and that's why I haven't tried to, you know, work for them again. No, And I have no heat with them. Yeah. I just think that I don't think I'd win the battle. To, to, put, it, to put it in context... Uh, just so people out there know, how far into your career was this? Because it makes a huge difference if you're like one year in compared to fifteen. Um, this was in twenty twenty, so okay, I'm already yeah. in my in the teens or so gotcha. over fifteen so, years. So point. known, yeah, so already known, established, and everything. Right. It wasn't like uh, you know. Just got out of Elite Pro, freshly had maybe like three or four matches and shit. And so, and I, I think that is important too, you know, like when, cause whenever I book, you know, when I, when I work with booking with SCW and I have to reach out to, you know, guys and shit who've never been there before, uh, the biggest question is, you know, what's your rate? You know, what, what the pay is and everything. And obviously everyone's different, you know, if you're, 
a tag team or, you know, you're a, you know, a, a rookie or a veteran or whatever it is. It's all different and shit. And, um, it, I have, I have yet to have to deal with anyone who's like six months in and giving me a ridiculous fucking number because they feel they earn it and shit. And I think, uh, I think those times will come. I think a lot of it has to do with the ego that you develop at your home company. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I, I think pay does have to be based on travel and has to be based on years and experience and shit like that, you know? And I know like when talking with, you know, Hunter and all that shit, you know, about who SCW has brought in and stuff and, it's like uh, the the bigger known people, you know, like the Brian Cages and the Al Snows and all them and shit. It's like, you know, you got to pray you make enough tickets to cover the plane trip, the hotel and all this accommodations and shit that they want. That's just like ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so I think that's good. If I ever have my own company, that's going to fucking be the point that deters me the most is like having to call up a dozen, 15 guys and be like, hey, you know, I want to work, you know, I want you to come work the show. I just need to know what your rate is and everything. And all of a sudden, getting a ridiculous number. And I guess sit there and it's like, is this number justifiable for this guy? You know, and, and I, I think, well, you and Steve, you guys used to book uh, some shows. How'd well, we helped. We helped. Okay. We helped. But that, See, that's part of that discussion we were talking about when it comes to that friendship. Like, mm-hmm. we were helping him because he helped us. Yeah. And here's the crazy part of the story. Uh, there was a point where he didn't he didn't pay somebody, and that started drama. Yeah. Well, there was a point where he was afraid to pay or not be able to pay the, the one show. He didn't have enough money to pay everybody what their rate was. So I took it upon myself because I was getting some money. Um, and I'm like, all right, how about I offer this? And there was a promise that I get that money back eventually. So I'm like, all right. So I ended up getting hurt on that show, but that's okay. That's just karma biting me in the ass for helping him. <laughs> um... So yeah, like so that's why the friend the friendship got fucked because I still never got that money back and he still owes another set uh, another half if you will because of a show that he so at that time I was he couldn't get the sponsor check until after the show yeah. so I would cover that check that that portion of the money and and then he gives me the check and I cash it yeah. But he didn't for the last show. He ended up dipping. Went to the after party. I don't know if he got the check. Mm-hmm. That I never asked. Because at that time, I'm like, I wanted to get away from him for a yeah. while. He caused so much stress on me. Because mm-hmm. I, I think dealing, like being friends with him and working for him, did affect my bookings at the time. Yeah. So. Well, but yeah, I never got that money. Still yeah. haven't. For those of you That's wondering, why the friendship uh, is fucked. Yeah. For those of you wondering, that company's not around anymore. 
Um, no, I don't think ever and, will be. And you can see why. Um, yeah, and again, like, and it, it goes kind of back to what we were talking about in the beginning is, you know, stories and, you know, hearsay from other people. Cause I've heard the negatives. I heard, I've heard the, uh, the negatives about this particular company. Um, and actually, I, I believe if, uh, if you know what I'm talking about, you do. Um, a new company came out of spite of that company. Yeah. And the funny thing is, he admits it. The owner of that company admits if mm-hmm. it wasn't for that drama, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Now, to me, it's a little weird, but at the same time, working for that company, even though I wasn't supposed to, wink, wink, mm-hmm. um, that's why I was afraid, like, that show I first saw you at, yeah. I was afraid to go. I was having anxiety driving to the show <laughs> because it. To, I was actually, now, it wasn't, he didn't actually come out and say, don't work for that company or we're, I'm not, you're not working for me. He yeah. just, like, he, the way he said it, he gave me a guilt trip because of some other shit that was going on. But when I got to that show, of course, someone's going to make that joke. Oh, I'm going to tell them that you're here, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, my ass is sitting in the front row in the corner by the <laughs> fucking stage. But, yeah. But, yeah, it was kind of started because of that, but they've had a lot of success. Yeah. You will. And mm-hmm. I love working there. So, I get treated well. Yeah, and I think uh I think when you when you have people like your friend who sat there and said like, you know, well don't go to that show. You know, if you're if you're supporting them, you're not supporting me and shit like that. Um there is a situation kind of right now. Uh, that I'm in the middle of something like that, and I don't want to talk about it on the podcast, but I can tell you about when we're done. Um, just because I don't want to, again, blow into a bigger thing than what it actually is based on people's perspectives of how I word it. And you know better than anyone, I don't word things that well. Mm-hmm. So the way I talk about things, it sounds way worse than it actually is. You know, we hear it repeated on the Power Hour all the time. So, uh, but I'll tell you afterwards exactly what I'm talking about, but like, I, I understand what you went through because I kind of went through it, uh, actually within the last couple of weeks where um, company. Can I, can I just add, can I just add to that, this, like, put a bow on that, that yeah. friendship? So I was promised the money, but I understood the reason why I didn't get it at the time because he just moved with his girlfriend yeah. and. They, he needed to make the money for the rent, whatever. I understood that. But here's the part of friendship that got fucked. Not once in over those couple of years or over, well, after a year or so after that, did he reach out to me yeah. to see how I'm doing or, mm-hmm. or to tell me that he's working on the money. He completely just stayed silent, and that's when I realized he was not a friend. So, yeah, that that's like one story you – you'll hear in wrestling is not everybody's part of that brotherhood. And no. if he was, he would have been staying in contact with me. I always reached out to him about mm-hmm. certain things because I was close to him and not his yeah. girlfriend anymore. But at the time they were together, I was mm-hmm. close and he, we would talk about his relationship and I give him advice. Yeah. 
But after a while, it's like, well, you're not seeing how I'm doing, so what's the point? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, and I, I love that you brought that up, the whole brotherhood thing that comes into wrestling, because, I mean, that, that, that shit's real. For people who don't know, it's like there, there, there is a family feel once you get into this business, and it's not with everybody. And I, the longer I'm in it, the more I realize like who has that mentality and who doesn't. Uh, for anybody who saw the picture um, at uh, Looms on Frankfurt, of all of us, like those people have that idea of it. You, Rion, C Red, Steve, Max Holiday, uh, Pac Man. Jed, right? Yeah. Funny thing about Jed, we didn't have a good friendship up until he brought back CTW because of all the shit that happened with CTW before in the LRP network. I actually went on live once and bitched, bitched about him, about something he did. But right. since then, we've been okay. We've been okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, now you're ref, uh, wrestling, uh, crash tested. Yep. Part is it Crash Tested Two or Crash Tested Part Two or whatever? Two point oh. Two point oh. Um, but like when you get around people like that, like you kind of see that connection that people are willing to make with people, other people in this business. Like I didn't have to be, you know, invited to breakfasts like breakfasts like that or be involved in like things like that. But it's cool when you know you start you know being acknowledged for shit. You know, and it's like I'm not, I'm not one of the boys and stuff like that. You know, like I was just a podcaster talking about pro wrestling, and yes, you know, I had the training back in the day, and yeah, I throw my cousin's name around like it's a fucking frisbee, but you know, I don't give a shit. Um, I am bothered that I don't see Mike on the uh, poster for uh, WrestleTopia, and I'm gonna have to ask about that. That's yeah, more of a cousin thing than anything, but. Um, you get, you get that you meet people and a lot of them is actually companies as a whole. When you go in and say hi to them, then they just appear to not give a shit about you. And those are the companies I don't really care to do, you know, any work or, you know, be around at all anyways. But companies like STW and IPW have been very welcoming. And, uh, you know, I do appreciate IPW and the people behind the scenes there. <clears throat> given me an opportunity to do more at IPW when he made, when they made you and I host of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, you were already established at IPW. People know who you were. They don't think they gave a damn about who I was, but it was cool because it brought me, you know, in front of people. It was cool being cheered by people. I think I got cheered just because you were there. Um, yeah, they booed you, buddy. Never heard that before. <laughs> never, I've never heard Turtle get half, booed. Half of them booed me. Half the of them. Half yeah. Were, yeah. But it's the same people that boo me all the time until I wrestle somebody <laughs> that they don't like. Yeah, those are, yeah, the trolls. The trolls boo you. Oh, yeah. But dude, dude man, those, stiff, stiff those, those Rocket Pro fucking pops, man. I and mean, that shit's real. And I, I still get, like, goosebumps. Because, yeah. like I, like I've talked about it before, like the first show I worked, or first show I worked, a wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a mixed feeling because no one knew who I was, which is understandable. Yeah. And I, I think I felt like I was trying too hard to get their attention, but after a while it worked, and then I go to that Rocket Rumble, and it's like, I just came out here, and they're fucking cheering. Like, okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm in. All right. Cool. Right. Sweet. 
right? And now you're a mainstay there, and you're a champion there, and shit like that, dude. And that's and that's what it's all about, you know. It's like finding a way to make a name for yourself because it's only going to grow from there. Is there a company? Because uh, it was we haven't mentioned it on here, but um, December's your final month of roughing. There's no more roughing after 2023. Right. Um, I mean, unless uh, unless I'm done roughing for. Uh, company that works in December, but we'll see. Well, you right now, SCW and CSW are the, comp- the only two companies you ref for. Right? Yeah, but CSW will be done in November. They take their uh, they don't work in uh, December. Yeah. So November will be the last one for CSW. Do you know if you're uh, you know if you're going to be booked as a wrestler, CSW? Was that discussion ever made? Can you talk about that? Uh, I guess before I ask, um, nothing was discussed. I when I did approach them to about what's happening, I just mm-hmm. told them I understand why that I'm not like I can't be a wrestler right now based on the roster because that roster's full of guys and girls. Yeah. Like, I don't and I don't want to be that guy that steps on toes. Yeah. Okay, I can yeah. go in the future's battle royal. That's fine, whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't mind doing things behind the scenes. Yeah. And do other. I, I'd rather do that and be part of it than not do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just. I, it's just being a rep is just not something I want to do right now anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna retire, even though it's taboo to use that word in wrestling. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna put it away. The only time I'll rep is. If it's for like special charity shows and you know all that stuff, yeah, but sure. not full time. You know, I want to be done with it just to get my mind back. And then if I stop wrestling and I want to rest, I'll go back. But just yeah. lately, it's just been crap. Yeah. Well, luckily the transition from ref to wrestler at SCW has been happening. Um. Uh. So. Um. Yeah, Rocket Pro Wrestling, IPW, uh, SCW, CTW. Um, you know, you could be wrestling. You know, that's where you're. That's where you're wrestling at now. And I can see ARW being a possibility more. DWA. Uh, is there a company you haven't wrestled for that you may look at? What's going on with uh, Northland or uh, Northern Light? Not Northland. Northern Lights. As far as I know, Eddie's just been focusing on himself. Gotcha. You know, trying to lose weight and stuff. So, I mean, with the, all these companies, it's, like, going to be hard for him to run now. Yeah. yeah. Well, cheap plug. <clears throat> kind of dive into a little. You want to do a little gimmick shit here? You want to gimmick a little while we're here? Why not? It's your show. Yeah. I'm not going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to come on your show and be like, oh, I want to do this and do that. Right, or I'm right. not going to do it. We'll go, we'll gimmick a little bit. September 30th, SCW has WrestleTopia out in Shaban's uh, Civic Center, where the Amazing Turtle, uh, Nubby uh, over here, the Amazing Turtle has a chance at a high-voltage championship, which is the title of the show that I general manage. Uh, you'll be taking on Warren C. Freiburg III Esquire, who has been champion for a little over three months now. Stipulation has been put in place where if Turtle loses, I have to be in a handicap match with the Pianza Damages for five minutes. It's not even really a match. It's just me being in the ring. Um, so a lot of pressure there, Turtle, coming into uh, September 30th. You either walk away with the title 
or uh, I walk away with my ass kicked. Don't know how that happened, but that's uh, that's a fact now. So you uh, we know you're. <laughs> what's up? I don't know. I don't know how that happened either. Yeah, yeah, God. But um, WrestleTopia four, uh, the biggest show of SCW. You're going to be in a sense main eventing high voltage, um, which starts at six o'clock and uh, main show doesn't start till seven. So I believe we're going to have four high voltage matches. You're going to main event that portion of it. Um. You had a title match last month, was unsuccessful. Uh, so this is the rematch for this month. And this is a pretty uh, important opportunity here because there is no immediate rematches for people in high voltage. So there's a definite difference here. Um, so what's your mindset going into uh, this match, knowing that now my fate lies in your hands? Well, that added a lot of pressure because I don't want to see you get beat up. I know. Nobody wants to see me get beat up. That's why I don't do things in the ring. You you belong behind the mic. Right? The people who didn't know me at IPW didn't like the fact that I got beat up at IPW. So imagine how people at SCW who know me, oh, they're going to they're gonna riot. The last riot we had at SCW is when the, we had that problem with Powell, and they yeah. were throwing chairs at him. Yeah, but we didn't make a deal. I didn't make a deal with you and everything is I will honor the five minutes, but at 501, your ass is hitting that ring and saving my ass. So. Damn right I am. But, Nubby, uh, the whole, the, 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 the big focus of this show was about friendship. And I'm glad I can call you a friend. I'm glad we reconnected after all these years and we're able to find a common bond in uh, wrestling and in podcasting. And, uh, JFW has been able to, uh, continue because of guys like you and, uh, with the help of Pac-Man, uh, makes it, uh, more consistent. And now you're, you know, helping me out here to, uh, get a show of this freaking show out in the absence of Joey. And Joey will be back next week. Uh, just a quick update on everyone on what, uh, so next week, uh, me and Joey are going to record a video where we're going to try extremely hot hot sauces and see how that goes. Uh, we're also going to record a couple episodes of this freaking show. And then the following week, we're off to Wisconsin to uh, film our cemetery vlogs for October. So big week ahead of us. Uh, for the JFW fans who are listening to this, um, two weeks from today, I will be doing the part two interview with Ivan Manson. Uh, finally getting a chance to get that recorded. The first one was uh, recorded actually a year ago this week, I think. So uh, part two, we're going to finally get a chance to record. I'm going to be out on his boat, which is terrifying the fuck out of me because I don't do water. I don't do boats, but I will do it for him. And I guess I'm going to be a guest on his new web series. Uh, Paying dues, drinking booze, taking a boat cruise. Uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about because I don't have stories of the road and shit. So, well, I can tell you he can, um, he might be able to shed some light on, um, the story I just told you. So, oh yeah, yeah, we're going to, I, my, my biggest focus for him is we're going to talk about some, uh, some of the biggest matches in his career that, you know, we can talk about, uh, we're going to talk now, we're going to talk about him uh, 
stepping back into the ring after retirement in that ARW match. And yeah, some, uh, some show roads. I think, I think I might put a post out there for, uh, for wrestling fans to ask questions and stuff to, uh, to uh, Ivan during our show. I think I might do that too, but, um, to summarize everything between Labor Day this coming Monday and the following Saturday is Monday we got a live stream. We got the Rocket Pro Wrestling, uh, live stream, the show where we're gonna uh, run down the season premiere of, uh, Rocket Pro Wrestling. And then we gotta record JFW immediately after that. So we're gonna have two, uh, JFW shows next week. That Saturday is Rocket Pro Wrestling. Uh, the day before, I'll be doing the hot sauce thing. That Sunday is my final day of rest before I head off to Wisconsin for Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday, I'm going to try to schedule a meeting or an interview with Mike Nolan. You guys know him as Acid. And then Friday or Saturday, I'm going to interview Ivan. So that's my vacation. <laughs> There's no vacation from a uh, podcast. No, no, no. I'll be I'll be on vacation, air quotes, between the eleventh and uh uh twentieth or whatever the twenty first, whatever the fuck it is. I don't remember. But yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a hell of a week, but I'm gonna get a lot of things done. And I do it for you, the listeners, and I do encourage you guys to continue to listen to our show. And Nubby, I do thank you for coming on. Um Next Saturday, Rocket Pro Wrestling Fall Brawl. Uh, Turtle will put up his uh, Chicago Land Championship in a triple threat match against Matthews and Bucky Collins. That's in Joliet. The information to that show can be found on our Facebook page or listen to the live stream that is going to happen uh, Monday at 10 a.m., I believe. Yep. At 10 a.m. to noon, uh, the JFW is going to live stream uh, some interviews and stuff with Rock Pro Wrestling on Monday, so check that out for more information. Nubby, uh, will also, uh, go up against, uh, Warren Freiburg, the third Esquire in a high voltage title match at WrestleTopia September 30th. And, uh, what, what other, what other shows you got coming up that you know of? Or is that, is that what you know of uh, right now? Oh, uh, no, I got, uh, CSW on the 15th. Okay. And then uh, the following Saturday, the 20-something, 24th, I want to say, maybe, if I'm lying. Now, the 23rd, uh, Crash Tested Wrestling returns to Merrillville. I'll be taking on Jared Estrada, a really big dude. Um, and then uh, I think, well, actually, um, I think this, no, I think it's the 24th, IPW. Yeah. Should be the 24th for IPW. Man, that's Utopia. <clears throat> Perfect. Guys, you can find information on all those shows that he mentioned over on the JFW Facebook page. We put it out roughly around the same week that uh, the shows happen. So make sure you're following uh, JFW on all social media platforms as well as all podcasting platforms. And make sure you follow this freaking show here. Uh, you know what? We'll do it. I'll be, I'll be, what are you freaking thinking about? Let's get down. Let's, let's get a little bit of what are you freaking thinking about over here. <laughs> what am I thinking about? So what yeah, am we, I freaking thinking about? Yeah, what are you freaking thinking about there, Nubby? I'm freaking thinking about Rocket Pro next Saturday. And it's a big one, man. Were you on the season premiere last year? I was. What did you do on that? 
That was the Rocket Rumble. Where I got that big pop just oh, walking yes, out sir. there. And then I shell shocked Marche Rocket. <laughs> was that your was that was that the uh, Rocket Pro debut for you? No, that that was my second show. Uh gotcha. the first my first official wrestling match at Rocket Pro was Hicks on sixty six the season before where I brought the Chicagoland title from IPW, vacated it, it became Rocket Pro, and then I lost the match. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, let's pray for uh, different outcomes. Let's pray you uh, retain the title uh, this coming Saturday. Um, <clears throat> but no, it's a sad, it's a sad thought to be having, especially with the live stream uh, coming up on Monday. Yeah. But Travis, yeah, I have a question for you. What's that? What are you freaking thinking about? Uh, you know, honestly, uh, the the next couple of weeks I mentioned is what's been a focal point uh, for me over the course of the last few days. Uh, I finalized the the uh, the trip in Wisconsin and I marked everything out to where we got to be and where we need to be and all this stuff. And I think I got I think I got down to a point where if I leave my house by four thirty a.m. on Monday, we should be at the hotel by five. And if we leave the hotel by 9 a.m. on Tuesday, I should be home by 5 p.m. Um, and that's pending, you know, obviously traffic and everything. But I know down the travel time in between cemeteries and given about 30 minutes per cemetery. Because I want to try to limit the length of the uh, videos. Like, I don't want it to be too long. I just want to get the highlights of the cemeteries. Um, testing all the new equipment we bought. I bought a gimbal. We're going to record off my phone instead of a camcorder i got some lapel mics that are bluetooth to my phone so i test i was i gotta test some of that stuff on make sure everything's working well with it because we're going to try to do a new style recording um obviously i bought uh some hot sauce from uh elijah's hot sauce you guys don't know what that is it's all over tiktok if you just search elijah hot sauce it'll pop up uh, we bought the, uh, entire set of them that me and, uh, Cartoon Joe are gonna try and shoot a, uh, YouTube video for Freak Night Studios on to give that a go. And I'm just, we're trying to plan that out. And, uh, also I want to make sure, you know, I make it to Rocket Pro Wrestling for the season premiere, the, uh, fan access beforehand, the Nova Awards and stuff like that. So I'm trying to plan out the next, <clears throat> and obviously the live stream. So I'm trying to plan out the next, god dang. 14 days of my life to make sure that I have everything uh, planned, everything set up, and everything's good to go because the biggest thing I need to also make sure is with us doing 12 cemeteries, I got 12 videos I need to edit by October 1st, and I need to take one of those vacation days to pretty much do editing, which we don't detail, detail edit. We just kind of you know, get the, get the raw footage out there and throw a beginning and end. Basically like our audios, you know, throw a beginning and end in there and all this other shit to make it, you know, look a little decent. But yeah. And then, you know, obviously my full time job is still going to be a thing when I come back. So it's going to be one of the things where I just have to, uh, uh, crunch everything I can into one spot. And, uh, so it's, it's been a little bit stressful thinking about it. Uh, but I think now that it's all coming together, hotel is booked. 
I gotta make sure I get my oil changed right before we go because we're it's pretty close, but I could probably get the next you know, week or so out of it before I have to take the to get in for an oil change and yeah, just uh gonna enjoy a road trip and this one should be a little bit nicer than Indiana because it's not as much driving, which I'm really excited about. That's just a little of what I've been thinking about. Only a little bit. Only a little bit. Uh, Nobby, thank you again for helping me out with this and being here with me as uh, we record an episode of this freaking show. Look at you branching out and shit and uh, seeing exciting new things. Uh, guys, remember Turtle is a uh, co-host of mine on Just Freak Wrestling, the JFW podcast, along with Pac-Man, who also... Uh, hosts his own podcast, The Lovely Intoxicated Podcast, hosted by The Lovely Intoxicated Men. So make sure you check that out as well. Uh, they comedically talk about wrestling and, I don't know, they're, they're bickering with each other. They're supposed Nutty. to be on the same page now, but apparently the simp is causing some trouble again. Yeah. I I'm getting I, blamed for something now. I realized, I realized that I never listened to the rest of that episode. And I finally went and did it, and uh oh, those guys, those guys cannot get along. It is nutty. Uh But Pac-Man does, does host the Loving Talks Gate podcast it's on YouTube and Facebook, and he also is now a new co-host of uh the Power Hour. And uh come to find out, ah, we'll talk about it on Monday. Yeah, we'll talk about it on Monday. Um, guys, uh that's all I got. So as always, I am Travis. I am Nubby the Amazing Turtle, Kyle Bunga. And thank you for listening to another episode of this freaking show. I'm out.